This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp, joined here by Blake Alderman. Blake, uh, it's been a week since our last podcast, and we're trying to get into a little bit more of a regular schedule here. So I'm thinking this uh, this Thursday, Friday time frame is going to be probably when we start dropping episodes routinely throughout the offseason. You know, obviously, once we get into spring football, we'll, we'll, we'll be a little bit more, probably go twice a week again. Uh, but Blake, uh, how's everything going, man? It's good. Gearing up for uh, big recruiting weekends coming up. National Signing Day is about a week and a half or so away. Um, a couple spots left for Florida this weekend. They'll have a big visitor weekend. It's probably the biggest visitor weekend of, of January. Um, we'll talk more of that later in the, in the show, obviously, but you know, yeah, it, it's, it's heating up it's recruiting season, man, but it's also, uh, it's also hoops season too. And the Florida it Gators <laughs> are coming off a big win against Auburn. Um, also a, a close loss there against LSU on the road. Thomas, they have a pretty big stretch coming up. Obviously, the number one Baylor team coming into town uh, this weekend. I guess kind of what do you think about where the season is at now and kind of where they're looking going forward? You know, I don't know. Uh, this this Florida program under Mike White is such a, a tricky thing. And um, my, my personal feeling has kind of been that they've been inconsistent. And I know we've talked about this a lot on Swamp247.com. And, um, you know, going back to the Gator Bait days, I still keep in touch with Marty Cohen and We've talked a lot about, you know, at times it just feels like Florida doesn't really know what it wants to do. Now, having said that, um, you know, they, they go out and they beat a number four Auburn team. It's it's I think for me, the lack of consistency is my concern. Um, but I do think that when you look at a lot of the metrics, you know, the offensive efficiency numbers, Florida's right there in the 30s nationally. That's pretty good. Um, so a lot of times we get, you know, these complaints and, you know, Florida has these stretches where the, they can't seem to score the ball. They go on these long runs without scoring. I think some of that has disappeared this year, but I think fans would like to see a little bit more consistency. And you know, but having said that, Blake, I think you look at this stretch. I know you alluded to it um, that Florida's on right here. These three games: this this Auburn game that they had and that they won, this LSU game on the road, and then Baylor coming up, the number one team in the country. I went into this stretch thinking if Florida wins one of those. Okay, that's that's about like holding serve, you know, like you're putting yourself at least giving yourself a chance when it comes to, you know, having a good NCAA tournament profile. Um, I think this Baylor test on Saturday is going to be huge. If they they come out and beat this Baylor team as good as they are, I think all of a sudden nationally the conversation about Florida really, really starts to change. And people start talking about this Florida team as, okay, maybe they maybe they have started to figure it out. Um because Blake, you know, it's it's all about what you can kind of put together prior to the NCAA tournament, and and I think, I mean, maybe that's just me, but I, I think right now Florida, it feels like they have chances in front of them with this schedule coming up, uh, but they just need to show a little more consistency. You alluded to consistency a lot, just kind of talking about this team and kind of what they've shown under Mike White. 
Thomas, if you look at the roster, and it, and it might not even be one person, it could be a couple people, but when you look, I guess, are there any players that jump out to you that Florida's really going to need to rely on to kind of capitalize on this consistency and to, you know, I mean, it's going to be a big upset if Florida pulls this off against Baylor this weekend. I mean, are there any players that jump out to you that they're going to need to accomplish that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it really boils down to the freshmen. I mean, when you talk about it, you know, obviously Florida came into the year returning three sophomore starters and, and obviously adding K.J. Blackshear. Um, that's a really, really good, solid nucleus. And I think we've seen at times when those guys get rolling, Florida can be really good. You know, we saw that against Auburn. Uh, Blackshear was terrific. Um, but the difference really for Florida is if you truly want to be an elite team, if you want to be, you know, one of these top four seeds in the NCAA tournament, you know, the, the teams that are competing for SEC titles, for league titles, I think what you see is on a night-in, night-out basis, not only do you have those guys you know, your veterans, three or four that, you know, your core guys that you can count on, but you start to have other guys contribute. And so I look at Florida, you know, Mike White's talked about it a lot this year. And, and I know that because Florida is as talented on paper um, as they are, a lot of people probably expected them to be a little bit better out of the gates, but it is, it's a, it's a growing process. And I think when you look at Florida, you look, I just look back at that Auburn game, Omar Payne was absolutely terrific. And that's a true freshman, but they probably don't win that game if he doesn't have you know, that kind of breakout performance um, where he's as dominant as he was and Florida was really able to kind of stretch it out and they never hit those lulls. Um, so I think you need guys like that. I think Payne, you know, obviously had a, a kind of a tougher outing against LSU, got into some foul trouble, uh, despite the fact that he had a pretty good start to the game offensively. I think when you talk about Florida hoops, for them to really take the next step and develop into the kind of team that a lot of people thought they would be in the preseason. You know, when, when you're talking about the number six team in the country coming into the season in the preseason polls, you're talking about a team that was projected to potentially win the SEC. Um, I, I think the difference make the difference is really after the, that core four guys, you need freshmen to consistently step up and be a little more productive on a night in night out basis. You know, uh, Quez Glover was a guy that at LSU really struggled uh, against the full court press. And I thought that hurt Florida at some key points in the game. And those are the kind of things when you're playing really good teams, you can't afford those slip ups. Um, so, you know, in terms of an individual player necessarily, I would say probably the one guy is, is Trey Mann. I think he's been, he just, uh, he hasn't quite felt confident enough to me. Um, you know, this is a guy that during the entire offseason, Florida's coaches were saying he's their most offensively talented player, the most capable of getting his own shot. And we've talked a little bit in stretches here where Quez Glover has been a real difference maker. You go back to the Charleston Classic. Uh, he was a guy that really, in spurts, really helped Florida win over a couple different games there. You talk about Omar Payne, the kind of contributions he made against Auburn. Some of these guys have had that breakout, and I'm not sure that we've seen it yet from Trey Mann. So I think he's one that if he can step his game up, and then, and then you just slowly start to build up Glover to where he's a little more consistent. You slowly start to build up an Omar Payne to where he's a little more consistent. And you can night in and night out count on six to seven guys being pretty well locked in. Then I think you see this Florida team really take the next step. I think a lot of Florida fans, and I don't know how, how high up that may go, um, they've been kind of wait and see mode with Mike White. You know, the, the things he's done, he's done some good things in Gainesville, but I think overall fans for the most part you know, just aren't happy. Uh, I guess, I think a lot of them, though, wanted to really see how things went this season just because they had a lot of pieces there. You bring in Blackshear, um, you return Nemhard, who, who was a big player for them last season, but you have all these freshmen. 
I guess do you, my point is 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 have you seen enough of this season to really formulate an opinion there yet? And I guess I'm interested to hear your thoughts because it does seem like for the most part. Fans get kind of down on Mike White. Then he pulls out a big win like Auburn, and it kind of it kind of changes the tone somewhat. Some people not so much. I guess. What What do you think? Well, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. I, I think the biggest thing is, like you said, it's 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 been inconsistent. I mean, I, I hate to keep harping on that word, but like you said, they they'll pull out a big win and then you know they'll lose to a team they have no business losing to. Now, let me be clear. I don't think the LSU loss was a bad loss at all. I thought Florida actually played really well for most of that game had themselves in there with a shot against the team that's really favored at this point, you know, to win the SEC. So I, I don't view that as inconsistency or a step back. Look, when you play in the SEC, it's going to be tough. You're going to have some games where you go on the road against a really, really good team that's ranked at the, you know, that's at the top of the conference in the standings and you don't win. I mean, that's life. Um, so there, there's a couple different ways to slice it. One, I look at his overall body of work um, through four and a half seasons now. And there's a couple things that stand out. I think the winning percentage overall is pretty good. Um, you know, you can stack that up next and I've seen people do it constantly. I've done it myself. You can stack that up with Billy Donovan's first four and a half, five years. And it, it compares very favorably. Same thing with NCAA tournament wins, um, all that. I think the one area that to me, Mike White has to show more definite progress in is how Florida fares in the SEC. Because Florida needs to be a team that can compete for and win the SEC at least every couple years. And, and by that, I mean, I want Florida within one or two games of, uh, you know, the top team in the SEC standings when the regular season finishes. And Mike White's had two years where Florida was 500 in the SEC. Um, and so that, to me, you, you can explain away, you know, his first year he walked into a tough situation. You know, even Billy Donovan didn't make the NCAA tournament uh, in his final season. So, he, 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 I think he did a good job. You know, he, he went to an Elite Eight his second year. And for all of the, the warts and the inconsistency, Florida has made it to the NCAA tournament each of the last two years and, and won a game after coming off that Elite Eight run. I think the biggest difference is, for me, the reason I'm not entirely sold on Mike White yet is I want to see them be truly competitive and be that team that goes on the road and can expect to win, that, that that can defend its home court regularly. You know, last year, that was my big issue. Florida lost way too many games at home in league play. Uh, and you can't do that if you're a good team or you want to be a good team. So I, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, people always use the hot seat talk, and, and, and I, don't, I don't think Mike White's truly on the hot seat. I really don't. Is it toasty, though? Is it getting toasty? I, I don't know, man. So I, I just I – think, I think Scott Strickland – is going to be more patient than fans think with Mike White. And I think that is because within, you know, within the doors of the basketball facility, a lot of people really believe in Mike White um, for whatever reason. And within the wider college basketball community, I mean, you listen to national guys, they all rave about Mike White. You listen to other coaches, you know, they all rave about Mike White. And so uh, I think, I think he's still learning to some degree. Um, and, and I think part of, maybe part of the reason why it's been frustrating for fans to watch is because I don't know that Mike White came in with a clear identity of maybe what he wanted to do. A lot of people thought it would be that Louisiana Tech style run and gun, push the tempo. Um, and frankly, Mike White didn't inherit a group that was uh, really great at doing that. You know, he he had John Ibunu in his second season and uh, they played really well through him. And, uh, and so I think Mike White has been, I think because he's, he's, 
good with X's and O's. He's tried to adjust a bunch. Um, and I think at times probably, and he may even admit this to you, at times probably to their detriment, where he hasn't gotten quite a good enough handle on who they are, who they should be. Um, and so there hasn't been enough consistency. And I think you see that reflected in his teams. But I do think that when you look at his overall body of work, I don't think he's on the hot seat. I'm not sure it's all that toasty. Now, that could change if Florida you know, can't get it together this season. But I do feel like despite the loss at LSU, I think this team is starting to figure some things out. Um, what they can't do is continue to have the games like the Missouri game where they go out and lay an egg to a team that they have no business losing to. To me, that's that's where I'm not entirely sold on Mike White because they've done too much of that, if you know what I mean. Thomas, they're going to have a big chance to pull off an upset at home against Baylor, number one team. Uh, that'll be Saturday at 8 p.m. They're going to also not only will it be a rocking atmosphere from fans and just a, you know if you're a fan of college or college basketball, they're going to have quite a few official visitors in town this weekend, and they always bring those official visitors to a big game. Um, so recruits are going to have a pretty electric atmosphere there. Uh, we talked a little recruiting to, to kind of talk, start off the show. Um, why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll talk about this big loaded recruiting weekend for Florida. Sounds great. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, uh, you gave us a nice segue there, transitioning out of our uh, college hoops talk, our Mike White talk. Um, let's get into it. Uh, Florida will have Baylor in town, and, and they're going to have a, a, a whole lot of really high-profile recruits. Why don't you uh, kind of outline, I guess, what we're looking at? Yeah, uh, last weekend was the first weekend for official visitors, uh, opening up the recruiting contact period. Dan Mullen was at Tim Tebow's wedding, so I guess that's a pretty good reason to uh, not have visitors in that weekend. You don't want to bring visitors in when your head coach is gone. So this weekend is easily Florida's biggest recruiting weekend for January leading up to signing day on February 5th. A lot of these top targets are going to be in town. To start off, one guy who is not a high school recruit but but a, a NCAA transfer portal guy is former five-star wide receiver Justin Shorter. Uh, he's a Penn State transfer. He entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal back in November. Really, like, almost Im- immediately after entering his name into the portal, Florida got in touch. They like those big-body wide receivers that have his kind of style. Uh, and it's funny because Florida actually, I want to say it was around the time Dan Mullen got hired around December ish, whenever the contact period opened up and it's leaning up to the early signing period in 2018, Florida actually extended an offer to shorter and worked really hard to get him on campus. Um, I believe he had already been committed to Penn state for a while there, or it was, it was sometime point there. I, I can't remember if he signed earlier what it was, but he was still committed. He wasn't signed. Florida shot him an offer. They really tried to get him on campus. Um, he stuck with Penn State, and it's funny now because here he is possibly looking at Florida. Uh, he he took a 
if you want to call it an unofficial visit back in December, it was like right after Christmas, they have some family in Georgia. So they drove down and, and they took a quick visit. Florida was gone at the orange bowl doing practices. It's obviously the dead period. So they, they just went and walked around campus. And I, I think that's whenever and we mentioned it on here, I think that that's whenever it started to seem like Florida is, is a really big threat in this recruitment. Um, just wanted to come down and see what it looked like. So he'll be there this weekend to get an uh, official visit, get a bigger feel for the campus, get some more time around the coaches. Billy Gonzalez was there on Monday to go see them on the recruiting trail. And then getting into these high school guys, Avante Williams, the four-star safety out of DeLand, Florida. Undoubtedly, he's been Florida's top target at safety for most of the year. Safety's been a big position for them this cycle. He was committed to Oregon kind of early on. Uh Florida, I, I want to say, and I, I looked back and I can't remember. I can't remember if he was a, either a freshman in high school or he was going into high school as his ninth grade year. Florida's old coaching staff, I believe, was his first offer. And I, I'm pretty sure it was like coming into his high school career because I remember asking him like, oh, man, well, where are you going to school? He's like, oh, I'm going to DeLand. And I was like, oh, you're a freshman. He's like, no, I'm in eighth grade. So it's pretty funny now that, you know, here Florida is still in the picture here. Uh, they've really prioritized this guy. He was an early commit to Miami back in his freshman year. And he backed off that. Committed to Oregon kind of randomly at the end of 2018, early 2019, somewhere around there. Um, and was committed for most of the entire year. Uh, he backed off that that commitment back in December. Uh, it was really close to the early signing period, so he didn't sign early. He decided to kind of wait things out from there. Uh, so he'll go into January uh, unsigned. He just took an uh, official visit this past weekend to Miami. Uh, he was down there in Coral Gables. Um, just a lot of relationships with those coaches that he's had over the years, obviously with being a former commit there. Um, the buzz out of that visit was that, you know, things per went pretty well in Miami for the most part. Things are in it. Me personally, I think it's going to come down to Florida and Georgia. He'll be at Florida this weekend, Georgia next weekend. I'm really watching these two visits here because I mean, you look, here's a guy who committed to Oregon without ever visiting there before. I mean, he, he is the definition of unpredictable. So I think he's going to be a highly contested recruitment there. My crystal ball for 24 seven sports is currently on Florida. Um, but I, I'm, I'm still definitely watching Florida. I think, or excuse me, watching Georgia. I, I think they're worth monitoring. Um, another four-star player, Florida's going to have a on his first visit ever. Oh man, Princely, you man, Milan. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Sorry, Princely, if that's wrong. I'm pretty sure it is. I have not said it right. I don't think ever. Um, but he is uh, going to make his first visit this week, and he's taking an official visit. Florida uh, offered him right after he decommitted from Texas back in the fall. Uh, they they worked to get him on campus. He, he at one point was actually looking to sign in December. Uh, never did make it down to Florida. He took a late December official visit to, to Baylor. Um, kind of came out of that lot of buzz for Baylor. Um, did not sign, though. Here we are, Matt Rule. He's now the Carolina Panthers head coach. Um, so they're on the outside looking in. He took an, an unofficial visit to Texas last weekend. Uh, Auburn or Alabama is possibly his last visit. So uh, Florida really likes this guy. They really want uh, to add him to an already really impressive defensive line class. I think bringing a guy like this, who's more of your true five strong side defensive end type, really meshes well with some of these defensive tackle guys, interior more type guys that Florida's already signed. Um, so I think he's more so kind of a, a cherry on top kind of guy whenever you look at what Florida's already got on the defensive line. I, I think a lot of where Florida's at is going to base off of how this visit goes with it being his first time there. But I, I think Florida is a legitimate uh, option here. Um, running back, that's been the biggest position for Florida, the biggest debated position for Florida to close yeah. things out. They really want to close one out um, in the high school ranks to pair with that transfer portal guy and Lorenzo Lingard. Um, they'll have two guys on campus this weekend. Their top guy who's been their top guy for most of the fall is four-star Jameer Gibbs. Um, he's out of Dalton, Georgia. He, he's a Georgia Tech commit. He's been committed there since May. 
continue to pick up a lot of offers in the fall. Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Florida. I mean, a lot of schools came after this guy after a really strong senior season. Um, he visited Florida for an unofficial visit from Friday to Sunday when they hosted uh, FSU back there in November. Um, has remained committed to Georgia Tech throughout all these schools that have been continuing to try to press him, try to flip him. Uh, he lives with a family that, that are his guardians. Their son is actually a PWO signee for Georgia Tech. So I think there's some interest what is there. That, like, can you break it down for casual viewers? PWO? Sure, sorry about that. A preferred walk-on. So he's not on scholarship. Um, he's technically a walk-on uh, uh-huh. with a little more incentives there. He'll be on the team. Um, you know, he, he'll a little bit better than being a walk-on, but but not quite a scholarship guy. So there are some things that he won't have that a scholarship guy has. But um, it, it's a chance to play with a guy that he's really familiar with. He lives with this guy. Um, so I, I think there is some some interest there. Um, being at the in-state school, um, Jameer's grandma really does like the fact that you know Atlanta's not too, too far away from Dalton there. Um, so I think there are some obstacles that Florida has to get through this weekend. I do think there's legitimate interest there because I think he does see that Florida has an opportunity uh, at running back. He's a little bit different, brings that kind of home run dynamic speed that not a lot of these guys on Florida's roster really have shown. So I think that there is some appeal there. Um, he really does like Greg Knox and a lot of these other coaches at Florida. So, uh, But again, heading into this visit, I, I think he's going to stick with uh, with Georgia Tech, the in-state school. Um, Florida's obviously going to look to change that this weekend. So we'll see how this weekend goes. They're, they're really going to press this guy. Um, another four-star running back that I, I really like his tape. I really like what he's put on uh, his tape his senior year and what he's done. Uh, four-star running back, New Orleans guy, Warren Easton High School, uh, Ashad Clayton. Um, he's committed to Colorado currently. Uh, he committed there in November. Didn't sign early. He took an official visit to Kansas. They have a lot of ties to Louisiana on that staff there, so he took an official visit there in December. Florida hasn't offered him yet, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're really going all in on Gibbs. So I think that Clayton is a guy to watch. You know, Maybe they turn to him. If they don't get maybe a good read with Gibbs, who's going to take that official visit to Georgia Tech the last weekend before signing day. So I think Clayton's a guy to keep an eye on because Florida has been evaluating. They've been talking to him pretty heavily for about a month and a half, two months now. Um, so, uh, again, another guy who's making his first visit to campus this weekend. So I think we'll see how things go there. Um, but I do think he has a lot of legitimate interest heading in there. Florida's going to have two other guys on their uh, commitment list. Um, four-star cornerback Avery Helm. Uh, he signed with Florida early in December. But due to him making such a deep run at the state playoffs, he went all the way to the state championship game, and they they came up short, I believe. Uh, but since he had that, all their games were on Saturday. He wasn't able to take the official visit back then, so he'll get to do that this weekend. Um, another guy uh, who did not sign with Florida early, but is a commitment, a four-star uh, athlete. He's more of a safety type for Florida, Mark Britt. Uh, Miami guy, uh, he committed back in November, didn't sign, said he wanted to take some official visits. For the most part, he hasn't taken any yet, but LSU's been in home. Miami's been sniffing around. Ole Miss is sniffing around. He'll be in Gainesville this weekend, and for the most part, I think Florida's going to look to kind of lock him up because he's a guy who's mentioned visits. Going past that, though, if if he doesn't change plans or anything, Miami has been mentioned as a possible midweek official visit. Ole Miss has been mentioned as an official visit on there on uh, the last weekend of January 31st. But again, I think Florida's, with their need at safety, I think they're going to see where they stand this weekend and, and really try to lock him up. But again, you know, eight guys on campus this weekend, so Florida's got a big official visitor weekend. Blake, I wanted to go back to running back um, because, it, it, you know, that's been a spot that's obviously gotten a lot of scrutiny you know, uh, Demarcus Bowman down in the Lakeland area. I think everybody was hoping that Florida could get in on him. Uh, and he, you know, he obviously just wanted to go to Clemson. That was a big, a big school for him when they came in. I don't know that Florida really had much of a chance. Um, but it sounds like Florida is going to be choosy. And that's maybe why Clayton hasn't gotten an offer yet. Uh, you know, you mentioned they're really pushing on Gibbs. 
There's another guy that, uh, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit here, that Florida had been at least linked to a little bit, and that's five-star Georgia signee. Uh, um, he was released, but yeah. Right, right. So, um, <laughs> Almost Zach, Georgia signee. What, what, can you give us a little bit of the latest? I mean, is he out of the picture for Florida at this point? Yeah, uh, we reported that. I have a story up on Swamp 24-7. I believe it's still up on the front page still. Um, but yeah, uh, he was – see here, I'll, I'll back up things a little bit, back to yeah. where Under Armour Week was. So then we're talking you know, early January here. He's around a, these floor, a lot of these Florida signees um, that were in this game, You know, Javon Dexter, J- uh, Jaquavion Frazier's, Mordecai McDaniel, uh, Jahari Rogers. So a lot of these Florida guys that were down there in this game are in his ear. You know, the, Here we are, the week of, of Under Armour. Uh, it was looking like Zach Evans was getting ready to announce his his decision. He was playing to be a mid-year enrollee, to be there in spring. Um, and, and, and the buzz out of it had seemed that week that he was going to be signing with Georgia. He was going to be announcing with Georgia. Uh, as the week kind of went on, um, he, he didn't announce the game. He, he There wasn't really an explanation at the time. Um, and eventually it was announced that he was you know released from his uh, uh, LOI with Georgia and he was going to go into January and see where things are. But that whole week, all these Florida guys were in his ear talking about Florida needing a running back, big time guy. You can come play with me, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these recruiting mm-hmm. pitches that these kids will say to each other. So I think that's where things kind of started. And I think that's where the coaching staff, you know, the kind of the commits and signees are kind of relaying things back that there is some interest there from Evans that he would be interested. So I think Florida started to kind of take a shot there because a five-star guy, you know, we'll do our due diligence there. You have a guy who did have some red flags kind of during the recruiting process. There were times where he was uh, suspended from high school games. Um, I believe a couple in his senior year. I know there was, I think, like two or three maybe in the early part of the season. He was suspended from the state championship game. So there there were some things that I think Florida need to do their homework on there. So here we are opening up the contact period back. Um, Florida actually was by for an in-home visit earlier this week on, excuse me, Wednesday. They went in there and kind of gauged things. They had been continued to kind of keep little lines of communication open with Evans here and there. Just, you know, just it, it seemed like there was some interest on his part. They were talking. So you go in home and, I, you know, I don't think that Florida really got a good vibe from him on the official or excuse me, on that in-home visit. I don't know that they really think that I'm trying to think how I want to word this the best way. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people in Florida's offices feel like this guy is going to end up back with Georgia. So I think. When you look at it, Florida wasn't sure if they really wanted to pursue with these red flags and for a guy who's most likely wanting to end up back at Georgia. So I think it was one of those things where Florida just didn't really feel like it was something that they were going to get much out of it. Yeah. So I I think that's where Florida's kind of backed away from here. Yeah, and the reason I brought that up is um, I I wanted to get your take. The last class that Florida had, they probably took a lot of guys that had some of these red flags um, in, in, in hindsight. Uh, you know, I know Jalen Jones had an issue or two in high school and then, you know, he ends up having some alleged sexual stuff at Florida and ends up off the team. Uh, Chris Steele is a guy that didn't necessarily have red flags, but had flipped his commitment a couple of times. Uh, are you, I, cause I guess a lot of people see the headlines, you know, you know, Florida in contact with five star, this and that. And then, uh, it, you know, when he comes off the board for Florida, it's like, oh no, we missed and I don't Someone's got to be fired. Yeah, I don't necessarily see that as being the case here. I actually think it's probably, from my standpoint, it's probably a good thing for Florida that they did do their homework and and decided, you know what? Hey, we you know we we took a lot of risks. I think in the last class, and it didn't pan out, and that hurts you. Um, so, I, I mean, are you are you okay with Florida taking this approach? I guess. I think so because I think you've seen a guy who has kind of shown. 
uh, obviously some red flags there um, with just some things off the field that has kept him from being suspended from some games. Um, I think that's something that Florida, that any team would do a lot of their homework on. Um, it's funny, too, because a lot of these teams you know, that were formally involved, I know Alabama was a destination he wanted to go to really early on. They backed away pretty pretty early on here. Um, LSU um, kind of coming out of you know him not signing early. Um, and going to Georgia, they were a team that was involved. I believe they were like pretty thick into the mix here, um, mm-hmm. kind of early on. They weren't even going to pursue him in January. So I think that whenever you look, I mean, it's not just Florida. I think it's a lot of teams that have kind of backed away from here. But I think with Florida, I like the fact that they did their homework, you know, enough to kind of gauge. I mean, it's a five-star player. It's the number one running back in the, in the 2020 cycle. I think it's a guy that if you can get a shot at him, and, and you know, maybe it can come down to a change of location, getting out of you know different areas where you're at sure. in Texas. Um, you know, I mean, new beginnings, you know, whatever you want to call it. I think that that's something that's worth taking, a, you know, at least doing your homework, kind of checking, engaging things there. But I think it's good, like you said, with Florida having some trouble getting some of these guys, whether it's academically or, or even, you know, a Jalen Jones, who I, I would have never guessed that during the recruiting process with him. So I think I'm OK with it just kind of coming off of how the 2019 cycle kind of shook out. Um, obviously, it's unfortunate to not be able to have a big time player like that. But I think it's just kind of one of those gut check calls for Florida. Um, you know, who knows? You know, maybe he could have a big fruitful career in college. Sure. Go on and, and, and you hope things. so. You hope he does. Sure. You you wish in the best. You hope for that. But at the same time, um, you know, if you can get another running back, um, that's, that's great. It, that's to me, it boils down to Florida's got good other prospects on the board. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is a very good prospect. And like you said, uh, you know, you take your best shot at him this weekend and, you know, maybe you and come you've got away two with other a really, guys really you have back. an offer to in the waiting there. So, you know, again, I think Florida has options and, and, you know, it, it could go out great for him. He could have this big career. Or it couldn't, you know, I mean, at the same time, I, I think it's one of those things where it's just a judgment call. And, you know, I, I have no problem with Florida kind of taking this approach, just really more so, I think, based off of how 19 ended. All right, Blake, well, you got anything else for us uh, on this weekend or we we pretty much wrapped up? I think we're pretty much wrapped up. It's going to be a big official visitor weekend. I'll be out there Sunday collecting some uh, some uh, interviews with guys as they wrap up campus. I'll put together some of those. So it'll be a big weekend here on Swamp 24-7. All right, guys, you heard it there. Be sure to check out Swamp247.com. Blake will have the latest for you on a massive recruiting weekend for Florida as the Gators look to put a cap on their 2020 signing class. We'll be back next week, guys. Again, we're going to try to stick to a uh, weekly schedule, either Thursday or Friday, depending on availability for Blake and I. Uh, But we hope to be more regular throughout the offseason. Once a week, Thursdays or Fridays, we'll drop those episodes. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, and I think that's it. But uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you guys next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.